Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre, and downright stupid criminals and crime stories in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, you'll be hearing about a burglar from Ireland who injured his scrotum while robbing a supermarket and then tried to sue the shop owner for damages. A player who mugged a woman and then forced her to friend him on Facebook at gunpoint just so that he could hit on her and more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. In November 2015, three men broke into a supermarket in County Cavan, Ireland. At around midnight, they used a sledgehammer to beat down the back door and also smashed the CCTV system, causing 3,000 euros in damage. There happened to be an armed guarder unit in the area at the time, so they rocked up to bust the crooks. As they turned down a lane behind the shop, they saw the three men making off with stolen goods. The men turned tail and bolted back into the shop, and there was a bit of a standoff between the cops and robbers. During this time, one of the men somehow managed to injure his scrotum, which probably was as painful as it was hilarious. (laughs) After the men surrendered to the guards, he was taken to hospital to get his ball sack boo-boo checked out. All three men were arrested and given six-month sentences for the attempted robbery. Old mate ball sack boo-boo also ended up getting jailed for a subsequent offence. So his injury obviously didn't impact much on his life of crime. However, that was not the end of the matter, as the shop owner Kevin received a letter from sad, injured testicle robber's lawyer. In a bizarre move, he was claiming damages for the injuries he received while robbing the premises. The audacity! Kevin said he initially ignored this letter, but subsequently was issued with another letter from the Personal Injuries Assessment Board, known as PIAB. He spoke to Joe Duffy on RTE Radio 1's Liveline about the events, which he said left him stunned. Let's take a listen. As far as I know, they were making their, their, their getaway. Okay. Uh, they, had, they had taken stuff from the store and they had it at the bottom of the lane and they were, they were ready to load it into the car and to, uh, make their getaway. Okay. But the guards came, chased them back in, they ran into the store... Now, subsequently, we found out that one of them injured himself and he, they were arrested and he was taken to hospital. Uh, it was in the report that we received from Payan. Um, and do we know how he injured himself? Well, in trying to make his escape, he injured himself, I think, on... on uh, um, it probably would have been dark in the store, so he probably injured himself on the shelf or... The unit okay. there. You know, and what so. was the nature of his injury, do you know, Kevin? 
It was a, it was a, he had a cut to his scrotum. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, reading the medical report, he didn't get a stitch for it. He got a, uh, one of these uh, strips. Well, initially on the 13th of November, I got a letter from his solicitor. They asked me to um, to take all responsibility for the accident, which I talked to my solicitor and he said they may, there was a two-year monitorium before they could launch a rip pie app. So he said, solicitor advised me just to wait and see. So we didn't do anything. Uh, he he then, his solicitor then, obviously lodged it with PIAB, Personal Injuries Board, and then uh, we got the letter from PIAB with the note saying that if we wanted to take part in the assessment, it would cost €600. Euros. Now, you're, you're clear, Kevin, that did you come, come onto the scene while these men were in this? No. Okay. No. Did any of your staff come onto the scene? When, no, because no, okay. we were closed. So the, only, so the only people here are the Gardaí, the Armed Support Unit, and the three men who have broken into the shop, exited the shop, making their getaway. Brilliantly, the guard arrived, the arm support. The lads run back into the shop. One of them cuts himself, unfortunately. Not a nice place to get a cut, but cuts no. himself. And you sh- they're adamant it happened in your shop. Well, it happened in the store. Yeah, but what, 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 what was he doing in the store? Well, he, he was making his escape. He was robbing the uh, place. I, he, he was robbing it, yeah. I mean, to, to, to injure himself, he had to use a, a sledgehammer to gain entrance into the building. Uh, it's crazy as it seems, but... Um... But I'm just going to the letter from the PIAB. Uh, and uh, they, they clearly give the, the address of the prison where this man is in. And they say, uh, pursuant to the personal injury board uh, fees regulations, uh, you were hereby... Wait for it, Kevin. You were hereby charged 600 quid by the board for dealing with this this application. Yeah. This is a claim yeah. made against you, the victim, by someone, the the, the, the uh, burglar, who broke what? into your shop, did damage to your shop with a sledgehammer, broke back into your shop trying to make their escape from the guardie. He's injured in the process of, of getting into your shop. And now he's suing you. Not for, just me, Joe. Well, who else is he suing? He's suing the the uh, Garda Commissioner, the Minister of Justice and Equality, the Attorney General, and the State. Were they all there on the night? I think so. <laughs> not, not like I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't true. I know, and, and it is true. I have to let her take. A spokesperson for the PIAB told the media. While we cannot comment on any individual case, when we receive a claim, we are required by law to write the person the claim is made against, giving them the option of having the case assessed by PIAB, which is a low-cost and quick system. If they do not consent to PIAB assessing the claim, then they are not liable for the fee, and the claimant is authorised to take the case to court if they wish. As you heard, Kevin said that the pain-in-the-nuts burglar was also suing the Garda Commissioner, Minister for Justice, the Attorney-General and the State. Seriously, the ball's on this guy. The following case features what has to be the most ridiculous pickup attempt ever made. It's Fifty Shades of Stupid, 
It's every colour of the dumbass rainbow. It's a lasagna of foolishness. Layer upon layer upon layer. According to court documents, Amber Baron came back to her southeast Indianapolis home at around 4am on May 8th this year, after a long day at work. She was checking her mailbox on the way in when she was approached by 31-year-old Damien Boyce, who pulled a gun on her. Damien demanded Amber give him all her money, so she handed over the $100 she had on her. Now Damien here is a heady mix of arrogance and stupidity, like an endangered and extremely daft exotic bird. People of his ilk have been weeded out of the gene pool by their own Darwin award-winning behaviour, but they still walk among us, and they tend to make themselves known. After Amber gave him the money, player Damien asked her if she had a boyfriend. What a meet-cute story this could have been. She replied that she did, but he still demanded at gunpoint that she friend him on Facebook anyway. Which is a brilliant way to tell the person you've robbed who you are, so that they can then tell the police and show them photos of you. If they were giving out medals for stupidity, Damien would have won gold. So Amber got out her phone and he directed her to the profile he wanted her to add him under. She did it in the hopes that he'd leave, and he did. I wonder which one of his Facebook profiles he chose. Probably not the one with pics of him dry-humping on some woman that lists him as getting married less than six weeks earlier. Dude legitimately has 12 Facebook profiles under his own name. (laughs) Someone must have copped some bans or forgotten their password after every stint in jail. His Facebook accounts are like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade of red flags. He's clearly never seen a photo of himself he didn't like. His accounts are full of pictures of him showing off his jacked-up, heavily tattooed body. He seems particularly proud of his right armpit, as there are multiple pictures of him lifting up the side of his shirt to reveal it. (laughs) Hey, check it out. Look at the armpit on me. Woo! (laughs) Yeah, yeah, want some. He also has a penchant for wearing small, tight, white spaghetti-strapped singlets. And I actually think I used to have one like that when I was a little girl, which makes me worry that he robbed a little girl to get it. In many of his pictures, he's smoking a blunt and or giving the finger. There are some with him holding wads of cash and AK-47s interspersed with pictures of his young kids. He has a tattoo of a sack with a dollar sign on it under his left eye. I had to zoom in really close to work out what it was, as it looked like a snowman with a hat on. And, (laughs) well, I figured that wasn't very gangster. There's also a bunch of misogynistic shit about hoes and his ex being a bitch who won't let him see his kids, even though he's such a great dad. Well, I mean, obviously. I actually once had some guy try to friend me on Facebook whose cover photo was the words, Feminism's why I can't see my kids no more. I shit you not. He was certainly barking up the wrong tree trying to friend me. Dude. It was hard to pick a favourite of Damien's posts from his 12 Facebook accounts, but when I stumbled across this one, I knew I was on a winner. It read... Bill Cosby wife stayed with him after all the rape allegations. Magic Johnson wife stayed with him after he announced he had HIV. My bitch left me for liking hose pics on Facebook. 
<laughs> What's the bet that's not all he did? Also, enough with all the bitches and hoes talk. It doesn't make you sound tough. It's just so cliched and wrong-headed that it's a window into how pathetic you are. And who wants to have Bill Cosby as some kind of bar setting? Serial rapists and their dutiful wives aren't couple goals, dickhead. Why do guys who post shit like that always have children? Surely they're why condoms were invented. Shortly after he forced Amber to friend him on Facebook at gunpoint, which I must admit is a great way to meet people, Damien started hitting on her through Messenger. One such message read, Look, you know I'm a pay you back. It's a fucked up way to meet someone, but damn, you was too pretty to rob. <laughs> That's a panty dropper if ever I heard one. And he obviously thought so too, as he asked her at one point to come chill. I'm pretty sure by chill he meant pound you like a jackhammer, give you herpes and knock you up, which it's not exactly my idea of a relaxing time. Did he think she'd take a look at the pictures of his right armpit and be like, hell yeah, bring on the STDs, fuckboy? Amber told the media the encounter left her shaken. She said, He took away my sense of safety from my own home. It makes me a little on edge knowing that people walk up and down the street looking for places to commit crimes. But she didn't need to worry about Damien coming back. The self-described great father kept himself pretty busy by shooting people. Not sure if he hit on them afterwards or not, though. Just after 8pm on June 12th, the police were called to a crime scene where they discovered two men shot and a third person with trauma injuries at an intersection south of Pleasant Run. The shooting was the result of an argument between the men. At some point during the fight, Damien pulled out a gun and allegedly shot two of the men and then hit one of them with a brick. He bolted from the scene and barricaded himself inside a building before a SWAT team arrived, at which point he surrendered to the authorities. He was charged with burglary, unlawful possession of a weapon, criminal recklessness and battery, and he was also charged with robbing Amber at gunpoint. Investigators did not say what led to the initial argument. Perhaps they refused to friend him on Facebook after he robbed them. When we think of Australia during the early 1930s, iconic images immediately spring to mind. Poor people doing it tough, the legends of Bodyline and Farlap, the threat of the new guard and the opening of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. But it's a forgotten photo that takes us into a hidden history from this time. Detective Sergeant Tom McRae leads the men of the murder squad through the streets of Sydney on a Saturday morning. They've just arrested and charged a killer known as the Park Demon. But while he's behind bars, there are so many other maniacs out there, one newspaper says that New South Wales is experiencing the murder wave. The Bunyandor Bones, the Hammer Horror, the Human Glove and the Pyjama Girl. These were just some of the cases that had the politicians, the press and the public screaming for justice and for vengeance. In my new book, The Murder Squad, I've explored how Australia's toughest cops solved 
and sometimes didn't solve horrific crimes during the darkest days of the Great Depression. It's a fascinating deep dive and I'm delighted to share it with you because so many mysteries remain. Who was guilty? Who was innocent? Who got away with murder? And how far would the cops go when hunting monsters? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are short cases that sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In April 2016, 61-year-old Carmen Marino handed her neighbour Mari a box she said contained her used sex toys. It had been two months since her partner Jesus Barunda went missing and Carmen insisted he'd left voluntarily. She claimed she gave her neighbour the sexy box for safekeeping so the police wouldn't find them if they searched her house. She said, The sex toys were presents I bought for my birthday. When things became a bit complicated, the truth is I got embarrassed about the idea that the police could come round and find them, so I asked Mari if she'd take it and she said, Of course, no problem. (laughs) Mari is a much more accommodating woman than I am. Five months after being given the box, Mari noticed an increasingly bad odour coming out of it. When she opened it up and looked inside, she found Jesus' decapitated head, which had been boiled and wrapped in foil. In court, Carmen tried to pin Jesus' murder on her neighbour Mari. She claimed that Mari killed him and decapitated him, then waited two months to be given the box apparently filled with Carmen's used sex toys, then she emptied the box full of used sex toys and placed his head inside it. Yeah, that's a super believable story. (laughs) Dude. The authorities were never able to find the rest of Jesus' body, so they couldn't ascertain his cause of death and were only able to convict Carmen of homicide, not murder. She was sentenced to 15 years in jail. I think the moral of this story is, if one of your neighbours asks you to stash a box of used sex toys for them, tell them to go get fucked. Sixty-two-year-old lifelong twitcher Insaf Ali was stopped at JFK Airport in January 2022. He was found to have used two packets of hair curlers to smuggle finches into the US from Guyana for birdsong competitions, which are what they sound like. They're singing competitions for birds. This wasn't Ali's first finch smuggling rodeo. In fact, he made a bit of a habit out of it. 
He was previously arrested in 2018 for also carrying Finch-stuffed hair curlers at JFK Airport, but that time he tried to hide the curlers in his socks. (laughs) My, what thick ankles you have. He pleaded guilty to smuggling and was sentenced to two years probation and given a $7,800 fine. The prosecutors of his most recent charges stated that Ali deserved significant prison time as he was one of New York's finch-smuggling kingpins. (laughs) So that means there must be other finch-smuggling kingpins in New York. I wonder what it takes to be a finch-smuggling kingpin. Do they make the big bucks? And how many of them are there? Ali was sentenced to one year and one day in jail. And he has vowed to put his finch-smuggling kingpin days behind him. In a video he submitted to the court, he said, I'm going to stay away from the birds because it's trouble. In May this year, three people and a dog were on a bit of a road trip in Colorado. The guy driving had his dog riding shotgun while a couple sat in the back seat. The driver had consumed a drink or 12 before getting behind the wheel, which is never a good idea. What was an even worse idea was that he was speeding his tits off, going 52 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. At around 11.30pm, Springfield Police Chief Clay Clipfell witnessed this spectacle and pulled them over. As Clay walked towards the car, he saw the driver hastily switch seats with his dog. (laughs) When he reached the vehicle, the driver, who had clear signs of intoxication, got out of the passenger side of the car and told the chief that he wasn't the one driving. (laughs) The fuck? Did he really expect the chief to believe that the dog was driving? And if so, what kind of a dick move is that? Did he want it to get arrested instead? I'd never let my dog take the rap for some dumb shit that I'd done. He doesn't deserve that dog. When Clay asked our undeserving of a dog mate here whether he'd been drinking, the man tried to hot-foot it out of there. He wasn't able to scamper very far from the car before he was apprehended. Now, just to make this story even more bizarre, the couple sitting in the back seat was stone-cold sober and the car belonged to the woman. Did this happen on opposite day? Did the couple go out, not drink, and then call their drunk friend to come pick them up? What foolishness is this? The driver was later found to have two active warrants. He was medically cleared at a hospital and then booked into jail for the warrants and on suspicion of driving under the influence, driving while ability impaired, driving under suspension, speeding, and resisting arrest. The sober couple drove their car back home and took the dog with them. Maybe they should keep it. And just in case you were wondering, Springfield Police wrote in a Facebook post, The dog does not face any charges and was let go with just a warning. Phew. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. And if you dug what you heard, please leave a review. And thank you to Extra Extra Large Historian from the USA for doing just that. Apparently the podcast has been life-changing. He has a corner office now and and the ladies are all over them. (laughs) Didn't realize that that could be a side effect. 
If you'd like to support this independent podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. All levels get access to monthly bonus episodes and ad-free episodes, and higher levels also receive a friend request from Damien and a sock full of finches. If you're up for more dumb criminals action in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast or Twitter at WD Criminals Pod, or you could join our World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast Facebook group. And thank you to the extraordinary Lorraine Ledwell for running the group with me. Till next time, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.